This is the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Sport Pens International Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. We have another great show for you. However, before we welcome our guest, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. This helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents right here on the WVSA Digital Network. On the show today is Skip Gilbert. He's the CEO of USU Soccer. Skip, welcome to the show and Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year, Marcus. It's a pleasure to be here, and thanks for the invitation. Well, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be on the podcast. Uh, You know, needless to say, 2020 was an extremely challenging year for USU soccer, as well as the 55 state associations across the country. Um, Hopefully, we're on the pathway to uh, getting back to whatever is normal now uh, in 2021, and we figured it would be a great time to have you on the program to kind of give a State of the Union of U.S. Youth Soccer. So why don't we go ahead and dive right into our first question. Uh, When you came on board as the CEO of U.S. Youth Soccer, uh, one of your goals was to build the base, to get more kids playing at the grassroots and rec levels and getting kids to stay longer in soccer. What are some of the things that USU Soccer is doing uh, to achieve that goal? Sure, and that's a that's a great first question. And and yes, when I when I jumped in a year ago, actually almost a year ago today, um, to me, especially in soccer, the term recreational player is is something I just don't like because generally speaking, it's preceded by the word just, Oh, he's just a rec player. She's just a rec player. And when you put that kind of pressure on kids that, you know, they're not good enough because they're only playing rec soccer, how in the world does that really fuel their passion for the sport to make them get the most fun out of it? And even though they're never going to play, you know, at high school level or college, but to make them want to play the game and be a part of the sport for their entire life so knowing that yeah it was all about how do we build the breadth the base how do we grow the game first step was to look internally to usys and say is our vision truly something that inspires everybody to build the base and at the time i didn't think our vision did that so we changed our vision and today it's to to uh um, to build the sport, and it's actually to to bring communities together through the power of soccer, making lifelong fans of the game. And to me, that last element is key, making lifelong fans of the game. So if we're trying to do that, the big step for us was how do we help those kids that are just in it to to have fun, that are just out there to play because they want to play. They don't have the aspirations of the the hard competitive kids. They just want to play the sport. We wanted them to feel like they were a part of something bigger. So we came up with the idea of what if we created, instead of rec league, we created something called League America. And so we, we thought if we were able to get all of our state associations to embrace League America and and realistically give them the controls to do whatever they wanted to do with it and to allow their clubs and their players to kind of run with it, what might it look like? Ultimately, we knew that if all of the states embraced League America and and sort of changed that, that mantra, League America would actually be the largest youth soccer league in the world. 
And so that then gives kids something to be proud of that, you know, they don't need to be on the travel team, you know, spending all of their weekends on the road to go to high level competitive games. If they're just out having fun, they're still part of something huge. And if we can do that, and if it keeps even a few kids involved with the game a little bit longer and hopefully into their adult lives, then we've succeeded. Unfortunately, the pandemic hit. Um, and so many states had to kind of pull back and couldn't play. And so we're going to be launching League America in earnest this month for hopefully the spring season and certainly hopefully for as we get into the summer and the fall season. That sounds like a great idea. I've always been uh, uh, somebody who supported playing longer outside of being a youth. Um, Yeah, I wish there was more opportunities when I was growing up uh, to play after high school, uh, to play into my adult life. Uh, cause I mean, I've always had, I I'm originally from new England. So soccer was a big thing, uh, at my high school, uh, growing up back in, uh, the seventies, um, started at my high school. They, you know, won state championships and that was the big thing. If, you know, we didn't have football at the high school, we played soccer. And, um, sure. you know, if you didn't play soccer, you didn't play a fall sport. Um, so, you know, and it would, it would have been really nice to have this kind of concept, uh, back then to be able to foster, because I mean, the, the great thing about soccer is the fact that you don't have to be messy to play the game. You don't have to be Ronaldo to play the game. You can just have that love of the game to be able to play, you know, as long as you want. Exactly. And, you know, and, and it's interesting as we, as we've hit the pause button over the last year and taken a, a dive and, and looking in the mirror as to what we do, sometimes we're our own worst enemies in the sense that, you know, a few years back when we, my family, we lived up in Colorado and I was coaching um, both girls and boys, there were a couple of teams that, you know, sure, they had one or two really strong players that could have gone on to the to the competitive world, but we just wanted to keep the, the nucleus together. And as they got older, as we pushed up into the 12s, 13, 14s, the ability to keep that team together and play in just a rec, you know, here I go, just a recreational environment was almost impossible. The, the, the leagues and the, and the city just didn't have anywhere for those kids that just wanted to play to play. And so hopefully we'll be able to change that. And, and also one of the other things that we're doing is striking a conversation with the high school sports federation to try to create a better partnership with the high schools. Because again, for me, I think in having played at high school, you know, I would hate for kids to have to, and I hate having to choose whether they want to play club ball or high school, because realistically in 50 years, you know, from now for the kids playing today, they're going to remember playing in front of their high school friends, their families, their teachers, you know, that's what high school brings. But at the same time, is there a way that we could take a page from collegiate club soccer and introduce that at the high school level? So they're not a varsity sport, but it's just an intramural club sport and let all of the high schools in an area, you know, even though they might be different divisions, the club kids could still play together. And that helps, again, keep kids playing the sport a little bit longer. So we're looking at all avenues to be able to, again, build the base, grow the sport, um, and help kids become lifelong fans of the game. 
And I think that's a great conversation to have because unfortunately, I think sometimes between club and high school, it's an us versus them mentality as opposed to a we mentality. Exactly. You know, and, and again, you know, soccer has gotten to the point where there is that even within the club structure where clubs want to take the best players from one club to the other, or they jump from one sanctioning body to the next, you know, it's all about how can you best market yourself? How can you best position yourself for long-term success? And sure, that's the business world that we live in, but what is it doing to grow the game? What is it doing to build the base, to bring more kids into the sport versus taking those who are already in, you know, invested in it. And I think we need to, you know, obviously we're never going to walk away from the latter, but if we can always focus on the former and bringing new kids into the sport, that's where, you know, we're going to be successful because again, from, from soccer's perspective, part of our charge is to become part of the social fabric of this country. You know, football, baseball, basketball, and hockey all have cemented their place in the culture of the United States. And soccer is getting there, but we're not quite there yet. And I use an analogy all the time. You know, 108 million people every February will watch the Super Bowl. Yet if you were to poll those people before the game that morning, a good percentage of them have no idea who's playing. <laughs> and what it means is that it's just they're there because it's of the spectacle of the game. You know, and if you look at 108 million people watching the Super Bowl, yet 14 million are watching the Women's World Cup, 12 million are watching the Men's World Cup, and millions less watching MLS championships, it says we still have a long way to go. And the only way we're going to get there is to keep people connected to the sport as they migrate into their adult lives. Now, another program area that USU Soccer is looking to make some tweaks and changes to is the USU Soccer Olympic Development Program. What are the, some of the things that you guys are doing at a national level uh, to enhance that development platform and create that pathway for players? You know, and, and to that point with the ODP, you know, it has, it, it has such a rich history you know, throughout soccer in this country. I mean, heck, you know, decades ago, I was probably one of the first to go through the ODP infrastructure. And that truly was the only way, if you wanted to get into the college ranks, if you want to play national team, if you wanted to play at the professional level, if you didn't have ODP on your resume, no way were you going to be able to get in there. And so, but today with all of the multi-state clubs, with all of the infrastructure that is in place, the question that, that, that I asked our ODP team is, is that platform at the national level still as relevant, vibrant as it was in the past? And if it was, great, let's just make sure that we're polishing all of the rough edges. If it's not, what do we need to do to make sure that the constituents of the game, the, the players, the parents, the coaches, the referee, you know, all of those folks that, that circle the sport of soccer, that they take pride in what ODP delivers. And so what we're going to look at is, you know, again, how can we create that high performance ethic so that clubs don't think we're taking their players away from them, but we're truly helping each player develop on and off the field to play. And I think that latter part off the field to play is vital because, you know, again, you could have players, you know, all well-intentioned, but if they don't have that characteristical focus and strength, that's going to hurt them on the field. 
And so we want to make sure that we have well-rounded players that you know are passionate about the sport, but truly want to take their game to the next level. That is what ODP can do. One thing that I happened to come across, uh, something that you guys are doing there at USU Soccer, is USU Soccer University. Um, talk to us a little bit about what this program is all about. Yeah, that actually speaks directly to the off-the-field um, activities. I mean, USYS University is really meant to be a community resource center. You know, so that whether you're a part of USYS or not, if you have questions about the game, if you have questions about, you know, the sport, you can go there to be able to get that information or at least be pointed in the right direction. And as we launch it this month, there's going to be kind of four pillars, if you will. Sure, there's going to be some you know, minute coaching type videos that, that we're working with uh, Mojo to, to you know, state-of-the-art Disney-like graphic capabilities. They're going to be able to put things out. So not necessarily geared for the, you know, ABC level coaches, but it's more for those parent coaches that are volunteering because their kids are now playing soccer. Nobody else volunteered and they said, sure, I'll coach the team. They may never have played soccer before, so they need an ability to, you know, to, to increase their knowledge of what can they do when they get to the field. They don't have time or they may not have the resources to go get their license. They just want a quick hit. So, sure, we're going to have that. But we're also going to look at character development. We're going to align with U.S. Anti-Doping's True Sport program that's all about, you know, the, the character development, you know, body um uh, awareness, you know, all of the things that you do off the field that, that um, you know, nutrition, that sort of thing. We're going to work with um, muscular skeletal um, awareness and health so that, you know, it, it's not so much about rehab, but how can you make sure that if you start to feel a tweak in your knee, what can you do to ensure that you don't end up on an operating table? You know, so again, it's all of that awareness and, and to make sure that you understand what you're doing to your body when you're when you're pushing it to the limit and how to best take care of it. And then another area is mental health. You know, I've been in the Olympic movement most of my career. And one of the things that all of the NGBs were starting to do years ago was to focus more on the mental health aspects. You know, the pressures of, of Olympians and especially so many of those sports when the Olympians stop competing, what do they do? And many times that is a really tough mental hurdle to overcome. And given what this country has just gone through or the world has just gone through with the pandemic and the impact that has had on young players today, having some sort of a mental health support system is absolutely vital. So when you pull all of that together, we're, you know, we're, we're looking to be able to create a university structure where, you know, all of our state associations and all of the constituents that, that, embrace the game will know that here's some knowledge base that will that will be able to help i think those are some great areas that you mentioned as part of the university the off the field wellness and and mental health aspects of thing i think that's a really important uh, couple of areas to really address and i think it's lacking uh for some of our youth players to have that information available to them so i'm excited to see when usu soccer launches the university here this month um Obviously, I mean, like I mentioned before, 2020 has been a challenging year with COVID-19. Um, 
What has uh, COVID done to the impact of the sport from USC soccer's perspective and the future for 2021 season? You know, the overall impact, we like to think for the most part, you know, they, there's that there's the old adage, absence makes the heart grow fonder that if you're not able to play at the level you once were, that you have such passion for the game that you're just chomping at the bit to be able to get out there, you know, and, and luckily some of the States have been able to play a pretty full schedule, but unfortunately a number of our States just haven't been able to get out onto the field in any meaningful way. So we're hopeful that when that comes back, that there is going to be another surge to get more people playing. You know, and I also believe that for a lot of families, they've they've enjoyed their time at home. You know, and I've heard from a lot of parents that have said, you know what, we if we're not taking our kids to practice five nights a week and, and spending eight hours in a car on the weekends, we're, we're getting better quality family time. And so as much as soccer is still going to be there and all youth sport is going to be there when finally the green light shines on all states, there also needs to be some pivoting by sports to say, you know what, we need to kind of look at the impact of travel. And is there a way to be able to keep kids localized a little bit longer? And I've had discussions before COVID with parents that said, oh, well, you know, we live in X city and we have to drive three hours because, you know, there aren't enough good quality teams in our in our city to be able to play. And the, the problem with that is that the self-fulfilling prophecy is that it, it tells people that they constantly have to look outside their own areas. And if they have, you know, a league of 10, well, play teams twice. And most parents are like, well, we can't play the team twice. They've, we've just played them. Well, you know, from a tactical perspective on the coaching side, being able to play a, a team twice in a season helps you under, helps you teach those kids how to take what they just went through with that team to be able to adjust, to be able to pivot, and to be able to play them again, perhaps better. And so, again, I think what it does is it, it helps us look in the mirror and as we come out of the pandemic to say, where could we make our offerings stronger, better, more conducive to what perhaps the parents and the families really want and need out of a sport? And what can we, you know, how can we get there quickly? So, you know, the, the long story short is, you know, I, the sport's in great shape. Um, I, it's, it's, there's going to be a huge huge embracing of the sport again once we get out of it but i think we can make things better um if we're if we're just a little more focused i agree as we wrap up uh, our conversation skip uh, i got one more kind of question for you that i want you to talk a little bit about uh usc soccer national championship series and president's cup uh looks like there may be some changes coming in the future can you talk to us about that sure you know and again that's the staff probably rolls their eyes every time I say this now, but, you know, I, I keep saying we have to look in the mirror and evaluate every single program that we have within the system. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, even though we've been doing, you know, national championships and the McGuire Cup has been around since the 1930s and we've got President's Cup and, and all of that, if we were building USYS for tomorrow's player today, would all of our programs look exactly like they are right now? 
And if they are, great. Let's just continue to support them and enhance them. If they're not, let's look at what can we do to make them better. And so from that standpoint, we've taken that ethic and we're applying it to both President's Cup and, and the national championships to say, you know, really, does there need to be any modifications to make those competitions stronger? And one of the, especially with the national championships, one of my goals is if we're going to make any changes, a, a net result has to be that each individual state association state cup must be stronger. We have to be able to better support those state cup competitions to, um, to enhance them and to complement what they are so that they're bigger and better than ever before. And if we can do that, then, you know, I, I think we'll be, be we'll be in great shape. And so we're looking at the avenues as to, you know, what truly is the pathway to get into the national championships. And right now there's a bunch of different avenues to get in. And should we narrow that a bit? Should we widen it? Should we look at, you know, the National League, for example, that's got 3,600 teams playing in it instead of all of those avenues from that league going into the national championship should they have their own national championships and we have the national championships you know as a state cup national championship you know so we're looking at a lot of different ideas nothing is set in stone that yet we're still getting a lot of feedback from the states from the technical directors from players from parents um you know to be able to say look we're not going to make any changes for 2021 because we're not even sure what that competition structure is going to look like we're looking for 2022 and so that gives us you know still a few more weeks to be able to say all right let, let's let's see what we've got and as i say if if there needs to be changes they'll be made if not we just need to polish a few things we'll do that too Wonderful. It sounds like we've got a lot of uh, exciting potential changes coming down the road as we head into the spring 2021 season and the rest of 2021. Skip, I certainly appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to talk to us today. If you're interested in knowing more about some of the programs that are offered uh, by USU Soccer and then obviously through the state associations, uh, you know, from the Olympic Development Program uh, to uh, Top Soccer. We didn't even talk about that, but we've been talking the last few weeks with uh, with Dave Robinson um, and sure. uh, Stuart Sharp we had on the program to talk about the Paralympic teams and, um, you know, they can find out more information there you can go to ususoccer.org ususoccer.org find out more about everything that usu soccer has to offer skip i appreciate you coming on the program today marcus appreciate it um certainly uh you know, good luck with the year and um you know look forward to hopefully seeing you out on the field real soon wonderful thank you and thank you for listening to the podcast remember we appreciate it and make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program. It's here on the WVSA Digital Network. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. You can catch a brand new episode every Thursday morning here on the WVSA Digital Network. Or find us on our social media platforms at WVSoccer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.